Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Hello, everyone. It's the first Thursday in March, March 2nd, and we're back for another episode of Book Journeys Radio. Every week, we speak to accomplished authors who've gone from just having an idea for a book to a finished book who are out making a difference in the world. And today's author is unique in that she spent years preparing for this book (laughs) because her book is part Um, teaching you about deliberate creation and the law of attraction, in part um, a story about what it was like to be on the road with Abraham, which is the name of the book. So today's author is Sandy Phillips-Myler, and again, her book is titled On the Road with Abraham. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, of course. I'm so glad you could join us because I've been wanting to talk to you more about your book and doing it in this venue is even better because we can share some of the knowledge that you gained. I always ask our authors to first start with just a short little description of your book and who your ideal reader is or who your audience is. Uh, My book is part Uh, my personal journey and my husband's journey um, in terms of figuring out how to use the Abraham Hicks material to create lives that we love. And um, part of it is uh, tips and techniques to be able to apply the material to your life. A lot of people have studied the Abraham material and not really been able to figure out how to apply it specifically to their life circumstances. So my Uh, point was to help with that and to share some fun and uplifting stories so that you come away from having read the book, feeling like you've been on a fun journey and that you're more um, in alignment and ready to work on your own life in a more excited way. Well, I, I'm imagining that almost everyone listening is ready to work on enjoying their life in a more exciting way, because I know I am. <laughs> nice. Can you, can you explain to the listeners, like if someone's not familiar with Abraham Hicks, can you give like a little primer on that? Um, well, Abraham Hicks is a company. Esther Hicks is a woman that channels an entity that calls itself Abraham. And Mm -hmm. so they describe themselves as infinite wisdom. Esther doesn't really claim to know what or who they are. Uh, She just figures if it helps your life work better and if it feels good to you, then that's a perfect match. And if not, there's all sorts of other teachers out there. Right. So did you study, like, how did it come about that you were traveling with Esther Hicks and became going on the road with Abraham? Yes, um, I actually studied for many, many years before I rendezvoused with this really exciting um, adventure. And so basically, (laughs) I think that, you know, the law of attraction teaches us that what you focus on grows. And I had just spent so many years focusing intensely on the Abraham material and figuring out how to apply it to my own life. 
Um, I really, it never occurred to me to work for them. I just listened to their seminars um, weekly and I heard what a great relationship Jerry and Esther had. They were having so much fun, living happily ever after, traveling around the world, uplifting everybody who was ready to listen to the Abraham message. And that was really what I wanted in my life was that. And um, the universe, you know, if you can just get out of your own way, the universe can assemble cooperative components in a way that'll knock your socks off and in ways that you couldn't have ever imagined. You know, I was in Vermont. The Abraham Hicks company is in Texas. The um, likelihood of me getting a job for them through normal routine ways of getting a job were slim to none. And it just so happened that um, my husband, who I didn't know, uh, actually who I met the weekend, he got hired out of the hot seat. So what that means is that um, Esther goes into the channeling state. Um, Abraham calls people up to the stage and lets them ask any questions that they want. And my husband was at a crossroads. He um, was trying to decide whether or not he should keep driving truck or be a professional golfer. And so he went to the hot seat to talk about it with Abraham. And Abraham hired him for Jerry and Esther out of the hot seat. So it's wow. a really fun and interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty amazing set of circumstances. And if anybody wants to hear the segment, they can um on YouTube and also on my website, which is on the road with Abraham.com. And it's a really fun segment. And oh, so that's then, fantastic. Um, yes. And so Scotty and I actually met that same weekend that he got hired and then he worked for them for a little while. And we rendezvoused again a little bit further down the road, a couple months after he got hired and we decided that we were um, going to hang together for the foreseeable <laughs> future. So I, started by just traveling with him so that we could figure out where we were going to live. And then Esther hired me. Actually, she hired me retroactively after I had been on the road for about a month, just at seminars helping because I loved being around the energy and, you know, it was a fabulous opportunity for me to be able to go to the seminars. So um, she just decided that it was the right thing for me to stay there and to be, involved at that level and so she hired me and paid me retroactively for the time that I had already been on the road which was really fun wow that that makes it even more fun to be rewarded for what you were just doing having a good time yes yes and that's kind (laughs) of what the whole years was like you know it was all first class travel all sorts of fabulous interactions with, you know, like-minded others who are on the leading edge of thought. And then of course there's the travel. We got to go around the nation a couple of times a year and three exotic trips a year. So we've been all over the world and it's just all one really fabulous high adventure. (laughs) What a great way for you and Scotty to begin your relationship together. Yes, and if we had the time, I could give you a million levels of detail about just how beautiful the rendezvous was. Just so many I can movie only that I could never have designed myself. <laughs> well, Sandy, why do you think people have trouble taking the lessons of Abraham and turning them into like a daily practice or something that they can apply to their own lives? <laughs> Um, My post on Facebook this morning was a quote from Warren Buffett, and he said, um, the hardest thing is figuring out that it's easy. 
And I think that's really it. You know, we just think that it's this hard and complicated and complex thing. And there's so much Abraham material that sometimes it's easy to look into it and get overwhelmed and not really understand which pieces are appropriate to you. So um, I think a lot of it is just, you know, you got to understand that. You have to understand the theory. And then once you understand the theory, it's all just practice and applying it. And so mostly people that say, I'm not getting it, are really getting it more than they think they are. They're just not realizing <laughs> how, how really well they are doing. You know, that's probably true for most topics that we try to learn and master, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yes. I mean, we were born to be a deliberate creator. You know, we were born with these capacities. And so it has been trained out of us, but it's kind of like riding a bicycle. You know, it's like, this is what you were born to do. And when you do it, it's easy and fun and exciting. Wow. When did you decide that you wanted to, I mean, you've been living this life for years. When did you decide that you wanted to write a book about it? Well, you know, all along, people have said, you should write a book, 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 because <laughs> there's so many facets of both my and my husband's life that are really um, fun and interesting and that have the potential to be helpful to others. So mm-hmm. over the years, I had jotted down things that I would thought, you know, I had a file that had ideas and things that I would want to include. I knew it would want to be about deliberate creation, but there's so much. I mean, the whole thing is so big. You know, the experience is so big. The philosophy right. of deliberate creation is so big. In order to try to narrow it down, I knew that it was something that I needed a professional to help me do because I write very well, but I'm not an author. And so I knew that I really <laughs> well, you are now. somebody. <laughs> right, right, right. I am now. But at the point, I was like, you know, I just – um it just felt like such a big basket, and I knew the whole basket couldn't fit in one book. So mm. I just really knew that I needed somebody who was a professional that could help me uh, figure out what is going to be the most fun and helpful pieces to share with people. And that was um, Angela and the whole author incubator staff are just fabulous at pulling out of you what what first of all you want to share and also what's going to be helpful to to people who read your book so it's a really fun process no it always makes me really happy to hear authors say that it was a fun process because i know that sometimes particularly when you're writing personal stories like you have it, it it's not always fun Well, it was fun overall, but I'm not going to pretend that there wasn't any moments where I was hanging on the edge of the cliff and and scraping down the edge of it on my fingernails. You know, I I basically had to clean up um, more resistance than I knew that I even had from like my whole life, you know, around showing up in the world and feeling like my message was important and helpful and those kind of things. So it was fun, but part of the reason I'm able to say it was fun is because I just love releasing resistance and I love the whole process of figuring out where things could um, be tweaked to have a easier and gentler and more fun life experience. So this was kind of an accelerated experience in doing that. (laughs) That, no, that, that's such a wonderful 
way to explain the process, Sandy, because it's, I think sometimes it's hard. It's hard for people listening to us to, to understand just how much transformation happens when you yeah. come in with an idea and leave with a published book. So yeah. I, I, I'm so glad that you explained that to people and that, you know, how, how that process worked for you um, because it's, it's not always fun, but overall it is all about becoming that person yes. who wrote a book, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Angela tells us that all the time that, you know, the person that, that got this book done, you know, is focusing this way. You know what I mean? Like she gives right. the analogy, if you're in Georgia and you want to go to Canada, stop telling me you want to go via California because it's going to take you a lot longer. You know. <laughs> Right. And you can do all of the things, right? Like you could write the tomes of knowledge um, that you've yes. gained about Abraham. But if you were to do that, then you would spend a lifetime writing instead of changing yes. lives like you are now. Yes. Yes. My first um, outline that I submitted for approval was the equivalent of an encyclopedia set. <laughs> <laughs> And how did Angela respond to that? Well, she threw, like, all of it out except for about five lines and said, here, this is what you need. <laughs> I love that. Well, once you had a topic picked out, though, was it hard to focus? Because, you know, when you have so much knowledge about a topic, um, it's hard to sometimes drill down to really the meat of it. Sure. So did you have trouble with that process? Well, that's really what Angela's, Angela's expertise really shines in. Mm. Um, well, she shines in a million different ways, but this is one <laughs> way that she's really, really powerful in terms of giving you the framework in terms of how to figure all that out. Like she basically mm. just has you write it all down, each piece on a card, you know, mean and then put all that on a spreadsheet and then there's a process for looking at the spreadsheet and going well these are all the things that are in common and you know this means that this chapter would be 547 pages so that whole thing has got to go because it's just all too much <laughs> all in and of itself you know what I mean so, right um, yeah that is what I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that piece by myself and that is one of the reasons that the author incubator, I think, is so powerful is because it helps you, you know, even when you can't see where the power of your message is going to be the, the highest, um, mm -hmm. Angela is very good at seeing that vision and helping you, helping you to craft it. Oh, that's so true. That's true. Did, did you ever try to write a book in the past or was this your first go at it? Well, like I said, I had files. I had files. Right. <laughs> so right. my next book, I'm pretty sure I know what my next book is. And um, I started trying to pull together all my thoughts and ideas about that. And that was what I thought my first book was going to be. Um, uh. So I guess the answer is both yes and no. I mean, okay. yes, in that I knew I was compiling information for one or several books. I think there's actually going to be several. Um, um, but no, in that I I wouldn't really have sat down and said, I'm going to do this all by myself because I don't want right. to reinvent the wheel. 
yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to when you know that there's a system out there, especially now, you know, for you to go and try to go it alone, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela's book is very good, and um, when I first read it, I was thinking that I could use just the book, but um, really quickly found out that I I had enough going on that I wanted more support than that. <laughs> well, speaking of a lot going on, did you? I, I speak to a lot of authors that who basically have had you know huge life upheavals or or big life changes when they're in the middle of writing and then they somehow overcome those to still finish their book did you have have any big events like that that happened while you were writing or were you able to sort of focus for that time um well yes i mean honestly um more than one <laughs> um <laughs> And so, you know, Angela tells us about that ahead of time. Stuff is going to come up. You're going to have trauma that's going to tell you you can't get this done. And, you know, he talks about the people um, that have overcome things that are significant. And, and, you know, like, like one of the women who wrote about cancer, you know, she was writing about her experience while she was getting chemotherapy. And every time I looked at something and said, oh, my God, this is, this is too big for me. I can't do this and that. You know what I mean? I just stopped and took stock of, like, what I have really going on, maybe feeling really big but compared to having to be in chemo all week you know what I mean I'm I'm in good shape so you know (laughs) I just it's 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 you can use comparison to hold you down or you can use comparison to help you move forward and I just you know I know I have a tendency to use comparison to hold me down so part of why I set my intention to do was to make sure that I was using comparison to support my process rather than the opposite of that wow that is super powerful sandy i had not thought about it that way about how we so often use comparison to to squash our energies or our yeah. excitement about something, but instead we yeah. could actually flip that on its head, right? Yes, yes. It so, it goes back to the same thing that I work with people around. Is it's just about the definition of what you're applying to whatever it is that you're looking at. You know, you can look wow. at it and say, "Oh, this happened, and I'm going to stay stuck in this." event for my whole life or you can look at it and say it happened and I'm going to I'm going to take the bounce from it you know it's like the pulling back of the rubber band on the slingshot if right. you don't let go you're never going to get that really fast and fun ride wow well and you know I know a lot of people are intimidated by the group aspect of of writing a book because I think they're using like you said they're using comparison to keep them down instead of yes. to lift themselves up. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, it's the way you do everything is the way, you know, <laughs> the way you do anything, the way you do everything. And so, you know, if you, if you have the book in you, and I think mostly we know it when we do, um, yes. but if you feel like you have the book in you, then that's really the opportunity to use your um, experience to gain those working skills, you know, and they'll serve you for all of eternity, this lifetime and any other after. Right. 
So what's the best thing that's coming out of having your own book? Well, my own personal satisfaction of what my what my personal reach is. Um, yeah. My dad was an educator, and he had a big vision. And anytime they would have him speak at commencement or anything like that, he would talk about the ripple effect of an educator. And huh. mostly people who were educators, um, you know, didn't use that understanding to help buoy them in their in their dark moments. And so. Right. I've always felt like, you know, if I'm helping even one person by writing the book or by doing the coaching or, you know, I used to say I'd be happy to go all around the world and give everybody in the world one free session because we make such significant gains often in one session, you know. Right. And so the upliftment of the planet is so important right now. There's so many energies that are moving upwards right now, and a lot of us um, – you know, sometimes it's easier than others to keep up. Mm-hmm. And so any place I can help in that upliftment of the planet is is a huge personal satisfaction to me. And so the my reach is significantly expanded by by everything that's happened as a result of the book. And and I anticipate it will continue to grow exponentially. Oh, I love that. And I, I anticipate it will grow for you also because that's what you're attracting into your life, right, Sandy? Yeah. Yes, it's the story <laughs> that I tell, and so the universe says, okay, here you go. Right. <laughs> it's it, This is what you're deliberately creating, I suppose, is, yeah. is the real yeah. term for it, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, what was exactly. different about this process than you expected? Was there was did everything kind of go the way you thought it would or were there surprises along the way? Oh god, nothing went the way I thought it would. Um <laughs> I I had no idea I was going to fall down emotionally so many times and if I had known that I might not have been so open-armed and excited about it all but you know the fact that I was open-armed and excited about it all made me know that that I was moving in the right direction um and I know that even though I fell down all those times I got back up you know, and, and when you get back up, if you're doing the work, then you're leaving your baggage behind every time you do that one little piece at a time. And so, so um, literally and figuratively, I lost about 35 pounds so far in the process. <laughs> Lovely. That's a good side effect. Yeah, yeah. It's been very fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the biggest thing that you learned about yourself? while writing this book? (sighs) If I had to say one thing, it's the knowing that my message has value. Oh, Oh, Sandy, I love that. That makes me so happy to know that you know that now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's powerful, (laughs) very powerful. It is, and I... You know, it's the difference between... um, um being being told and knowing that I'm the driver. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, what a great visual. I, it, when you said that it just it the two images of like hailing a cab and then actually driving yeah. it popped into yeah. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. so you are now you are truly the creator 
you know, the, the attractor who's bringing these things into your life. Yes. Yes. But it doesn't mean I never get out of alignment. I mean, in some ways I get out of alignment and it hurts more because I'm summoning and flowing so much more energy because having released all that resistance, you know, all that energy is now moving. So, so sometimes resistance seems like it hurts more, but I understand that those are just the last vestiges of whatever piece of baggage I'm letting go right now. <laughs> right. Well, and like you said, we all get out of alignment. And so yeah. what do you do to help yourself sort of reorient and get back on track? Well, appreciation is always key. And understanding that it's all practice, I think, is really important. But then there's, you know, there's the real basic things like self-care. You know, I read and write and journal and meditate and walk and do yoga. Um, You know, all of those things. Well, yoga I do most days, but I never go a day without meditating and I never go away Mm. without journaling. A lot of times I'll wake up and I'll think that there's something wrong with whatever it is. That is the detail of what's going on. And so I don't actually allow myself to go into my day from a place of not alignment. So sometimes my morning processes take longer than others. And if I know I'm having a rough time, I'll just get up hours earlier if that's what I need to do. Because if I have a coaching appointment at 10 o'clock, and I'm feeling, you know, out of alignment, then I just got to give myself the time that it takes so that I can I can be in alignment for people. Because if I'm not in alignment, I can't help anybody. You know, that's such a wonderful lesson, Sandy, that I think we all forget, is that it begins with us, right? Yeah. And we can't yeah. share our lessons and the things that we've learned or, or help people along on their journeys until we've gotten ourself, ourselves to a on solid footing. Yes. 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 But I, you know, I think one of the things that people tend to misunderstand is that on solid footing part, you know, Abraham jokes at us and they say, um, you know, you want your alignment to be an event, like a college degree where like you have it and you can hang it on the wall and you have it forevermore, but it's not right. And then it never goes away. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 But it's really more like walking a tightrope. You know what I mean? You just huh. keep making balance changes here and little adjustments there. And, you know, when the wind comes up, you've got to walk a different way than, you know, when it's not and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, very powerful. That uh, makes so much sense. I'm getting super sad, though, because we are already nearing the end of our time, Sandy. Well, that was so quick. <laughs> it was. I could talk to you for hours. But I always ask at the closing of the show for our authors, imagine that there's someone sitting out there listening to us talk right now, and they believe they have a book in themselves, but they are just they can't pull the trigger. So what advice would you give to that person to encourage them to get on the road with writing a book? Um, so Esther tells this great story that she had her five-year-old granddaughter and they were at the top of this really, really, really huge slide that they needed to use grain bags to slide down the slide on. Mm-hmm. And Kate was afraid. And Esther gave her just a little tiny push from behind. And Kate went, Wee! 
and down <laughs> she went. So, and so it's kind of that same thing is that you just have to jump. You just have to jump because this is the question. If you're on your deathbed, will you be sorry that you didn't write the book? Absolutely. If you're on right. the deathbed and you wrote the book, even though things might have been different or harder or whatever than what you had anticipated, you will at least have been true to yourself by by just getting in there and doing it and seeing what happens. You know, the worst things that happen are the things that we don't do. And so right. even though it may be scary, you just got to believe in yourself enough to get somebody else to push you down the slide. No, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's such a good visual, though. I love that visual of sitting at the top of the slide and being intimidated. Yes. And just that, that yes. small little push is just enough. Yes. So yes. if you loved that story that Sandy just told, hop on Amazon right now. Search for On the Road with Abraham, download it, and start reading, and you too can be on your road to deliberate creation of your life and attracting all the things that you love. If you want to find Sandy online, it's really easy to find her, ontheroadwithabraham.com. Sandy, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. It has been a pleasure, and I appreciate the invitation. And to everybody out there, you can do it. Just do it. All right. You can do it. Just do it. There's nothing else we can add. Thanks so much, and I hope to uh, hear or see more people next week on the show. Thank you. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.